Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This is the Naked Talk with Alex Okoji. It's all about straight talk with some of the biggest global icons, leaders, entertainers, motivational speakers, authors, life coaches, relationship experts, social advocates, and extraordinary friends as they treat themselves, their experiences, and share their unfiltered thoughts about life issues. I believe in stripping the lies and empowering the mind through the freedom of expression. I'm unapologetic about being open, so I motivate my guests to tell it like it is and help my listeners build a presence of mind while finding their voice. So it's all about the best in authentic conversations with real people about real life experiences. So let's keep it unfiltered, unscripted, uncensored, and uncut. You're welcome to today's episode. with Alex Akurji. And yes, my name is Alex Akurji, and I am broadcasting live all the way from Lagos, Nigeria, in the hat of Africa. Yay! <laughs> yeah, guys, so I'm very, first of all, I'm very excited to be back. You know I'm always excited when I'm here on the show, able to connect and chat live with you all. Um, you know, wherever you're listening from around the world, uh, know that this is the hub for real, authentic conversations. 
And, of course, you know, what is so amazing about the Naked Caucus is that it's not just an interview. It's not about Q. It's not just about Q&As. You know, it's a conversation. And, of course, with conversations come perspective, thoughts, view, opinions, and, of course, lots and lots of expressions. And we believe here that expression is a sign of strength, no weakness, and we do not apologize for whatever we're thinking or feeling, right? So, yes, this is where we keep it absolutely real, and we don't apologize for that. So, guys, thank you so much for joining me again on the Naked Talk with Alex Okoroji. Uh, you know, it's it's been a pretty it's been a pretty good week, right? Um, you know, on Talk Wednesday, uh, I had a really, really great, amazing guest, and we'll talk about that. But yes, today on the show, we're definitely going to be discovering sexual secrets using social media with my very, very special guest. And yes, I'll talk about her, you know, very soon. But just before we get to um, into today's conversation, on Talk Wednesday, I had an amazing guest live all the way from North Carolina in the U.S., uh, Laurie and Davis. And, you know, Laurie Ann Davis, she's a relationship uh, specialist and author and speaker. And she was here on the show live all the way from Chalet. And we talked about so many things. Uh, we talked about how to find, keep, and renew love. And, you know, she gave so much wisdom. Uh, and it was a really, really empowering and enlightening conversation. And, of course, you know how the show is. It's very unscripted and a sense that we had a prank caller. <laughs> and, you know, we had a, you know, an underage caller as well. We had a great conversation. And, you know, anything can happen on this show. So, yes, Talk Wednesday was, uh, was, was pretty illuminating. And she shared quite a bit of stuff, you know, about her own personal relationship and how she was able to, um, you know, create the book, her book, uh, um, Unmasking Secrets. To um, unstoppable relationships, and it, you know, it was a really great conversation. But hey, guys, if you miss any of the live, you miss any of the live shows here, don't forget that you can still catch all our archive shows. Um, you can always come back here to the radio channel and listen to all the recorded shows there. They're here, available 24/7. And of course, you can also catch them on our syndicated radio network. Yeah. We're syndicating all over your internet radio, you know, your favorite internet radio platform. So, yes, you can find the Naked Talk on Stitcher. You can also find it on iTunes, and we're syndicated on TuneIn as well. So you have no excuse whatsoever to miss any of our shows. Now, um, you know, today on the show we have a great, great conversation. But just before we get into that, don't forget, if you would like to sponsor an episode of the Naked Talk, maybe you want to um, share your message or you've got a brand product event uh, you would like to showcase to over 10,000 plus live listeners, and yes, we do have the numbers right here in Africa and all over the world. Well, yes, you can. Just send us, you know, write to us at thenakedtalk at gmail.com, or you can go to our official, my official website and click on radio and click on sponsor a show, and then you can find out, you know, just what it takes. A little as twenty five ninety nine, you can sponsor an episode. Yes, and of course, if you'd like to become one of our VIP patrons, yes, don't forget you can go to my official website www.alexacurgy.me and click on Patreon and find out what it takes to be a patron on Patreon and all the amazing rewards we have for our special VIP stars. Yes. Now, guys, I'm speaking about uh, you know just talking about nails. Thank you so much for all the emails you send me every week. I get lots and lots of feedback on every show. 
Um, you, 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 you have suggestions and contributions and comments and lots of great reviews. Thank you so much for your amazing emails. I try to respond to them, you know, but I get so many emails. It's always hard to keep up. But I just wanted one of you guys to know that I get them. I appreciate them. And I love you. Don't forget to keep it coming. Um, I'd like to know what you think about today's show with my very special guest will be coming right up. Now, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Xeno Online Stores. Yes, Xeno Online Stores, they are all about the best quality made in Nigeria products. And you can find them at www.zeno.com.ng. Now, Xeno with a double I, so it's Z-double-I-N-O. Dot com, dot ng. And, of course, our friends at Evolution Magazine. Um, Evolution Magazine is all about bringing to you the hair side of life and, of course, giving your hair a voice. And you can find them at www.evolutionmagazine.com. Now, don't forget, you can also connect with Zinchi Naturals. Now, Zinchi Naturals are all about the finest handmade beauty products made with the finest natural fruits and organic oils, with a lot of love right here in Africa. And, of course, you can find, you can go to the Air official Facebook page. Just go to facebook.com slash Naturals. And, yes, we're giving, you know, Zincher Naturals are giving giveaways. Yes, we've got special giveaways for our first three callers. Uh, if you call into the show live to chat on the show, either to chat with my guest or to speak with me, or you've got contributions to the conversation, well, you can walk away with um, a handmade chocolate bar soap. Or a handmade carrot soap. Or a handmade moringa soap. So, yay, guys, get ready to get on your phones and call into the conversation. Don't forget, this is a conversation. So, yes, you can be part of it if you have contributions, you know, questions for the guests, or, you know, you've got comments, feel free to call in. And you can join the conversation via the phone lines. When we're over the phone lines, and you can call in through plus one, two, one, five, three, eight, three, three, seven, six, six. I have that down. Plus one, two, and five. 383-3766 if you're calling from outside the U.S. Now, if you're calling from within the U.S., don't forget to dial as a local number. So, yes, call 215-383-3766 or use the live Skype button. There's a live Skype button. So just click on the live Skype button and follow the instructions, and, yes, you'll be right here. And we'll connect you right into And don't forget to use your hand-raising effect, please. Make sure to press 1 so we know that you're want to speak, that you're not just listening, but you actually want to speak, and we'll get you into the show. Or you can get into the chat room. Just log into the chat room and, of course, leave your comments, and uh, yeah, and we'll get you um, right into the show. So, yes, uh, today on TNT 054, where we're talking about discovering sexual secrets using social media with my very, very special guest. Now, uh, Discovering secrets um, is exciting. After all, it's human nature to be curious about what everyone else is doing. And the juicier the secret, the more people want to know. Now, sex is the most taboo of all subjects. Still, learning what people like about sex, uh, what their fantasies are, and how far they are willing to go to please the one they love, you know, it's very scintillating. So today's special guest was raised with a deep, love for words and literature. Her appetite for reading was the foundation fueling her creative passion for writing. And in her recent book project, Sexual Confessional, she created a very intimate social media survey with over 500 respondents in just 
90 days. And yes, you're list the book, it's just 90 days. So, you know, I don't want to talk so much about this because we're definitely going to be having a really fun um, conversation. But I'm very excited to have, live here on the show, my very special guest. She is an author, yes, a sex and, as well as a sex and intimacy artist. Uh, she's also, you know, an avid blogger, an IT professional, an avid Twitter a closet anglophile, and member of the Atlantis Writers Club. Now, I'm very excited to have here with me the very special and amazing, yes, I use the word amazing because I think she's so amazing, uh, Nicole De La Croix, live all the way from Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, Nicole. Hello, Alex. Hello, everyone. How are you today? I'm doing very well, thank you. Thank you so much, Nicole. You're welcome to the Naked Talk with Alex Akurji, and I am truly, truly honored. I hope you can see the red carpet, though, because there's a red carpet laid out just for you. I'm telling you, after that introduction, I feel like a queen. <laughs> you are a queen. And you know what, Nicole, just before we get into, uh, you know, the conversation, uh, a little, uh, I have this little tradition. I kind of like to know what the weather is like where you are. You know, just kind of take our listeners a little bit so they can know where everyone comes from and what it's like where they are. So what is the weather like there in Georgia? Well, first off, it has been thunderstorming all week. So we've got a little bit of humidity going on, but it is absolutely beautiful outside. It's just right at 50 degrees, just a little bit warm, a little bit cool. It's just cool enough that you might need a light sweater, but oh, it's so beautiful and sunny outside. The rain has gone and the sun is shining. It's beautiful. Oh, wow. I feel like, you know, just coming all the way to Georgia right now. And it's weird because I have my sisters. I have two of my younger sisters. Uh, I have two sisters in New York, and I have one sister in Maryland. But I feel like, you know, right now I could just be coming all the way to Georgia. You just described a totally really beautiful weather. It's hot here in Nigeria, really hot. Uh, but we can't complain, you know. Uh, you know, we're used to the weather. Uh, but just before we get into today's com- conversation, and we have so much to talk about, Nicole, I would like to say this, first of all, thank you so much for the amazing review you left my book on Amazon and on Goodreads. I thought that was such um, a really generous and really sweet thing to do. Um, that was really, totally amazing. Thank you so much uh, for just you know, taking upon yourself to you know, leave your thoughts about my book on Amazon. Well- First, I have to say thank you for honoring me with your work because I loved your book. I thought it was absolutely wonderful. And I, if you haven't read it already, you need to read it because it was funny, but it was heartwarming. It was everything you want. Oh, thank you so much. You know, I was a little bit concerned because, you know, I have those, you know, we have a little bit of those African inflections. And the fact that you were able to catch it and, you know, still enjoy it, that for me was really, really good. Because, you know, here in Africa, um, Amazon isn't, I mean, it's not available in West Africa. So it's not somewhere that a lot of people get go to buy books when they're here, unless, of course, they're not here. So, um, you know, just to have you do that, I thought that was really, really generous and sweet, and I appreciate it so much, and I love you for it. Oh, well, it was absolutely my pleasure, and I, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Okay, now, well, now let's talk about you, and it's all about you today. Now, I know that you're a big fan of reading, 
and writing. Now, how did you delve into the world of writing? Now, how did writing really begin for you? You know, just take, out, take the listeners a little bit back to how you fell in love with writing. Well, um, I will take you all the way back to my childhood. Imagine little teeny tiny Nicole, and by the way, I haven't grown much since then because I am still short. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my my father was in the military, and um, he got stationed in different places. So, of course, the whole family would have to move with him. Um, and I was, mm-hmm. even when I was young, uh, I was an introvert and didn't really make friends very well. And moving around a lot did not help that at all. So when I was about, I want to say seven, my mother gave me Mm -hmm. a journal and said, you know, since you're having such problems finding friends, here's a journal, let it be your friend, start, you know, writing your thoughts in it. And ever since that Mm -hmm. moment, I was an avid reader, avid writer. I just wrote whenever the need came across. And it's interesting because I find a lot of my old journals and I go back to them and I think, oh, what was I thinking when I wrote that? (laughs) But it's a lot of fun. So... I've actually come up with a couple of ideas from some of my old journals. I was a little crazy when I was younger. <laughs> and I can just imagine all the things that I, you know, probably can find in them. Uh, you know, want to share anything that probably just stunned you? You're like, oh, my God, did I really write that? <laughs> well, I, I think there was a – I have an older sister, and um, she had me convinced from the time I was five until I was eight that – gypsies had left me on the doorstep and that my mother and father had just adopted me. Um, I think every younger child goes through that, but um, it was a lot of fun. Um, So of course I spent those three years thinking, where's, where's my gypsy mama? And (laughs) there was a lot of things in there. Of course, my sister will deny that she ever said that, but I have written proof that she did say that. Um, So there's a lot of interesting things that I would say, like I would look at people walking by thinking that could be my mom, that could be my dad. So it's it's very funny when I look back at those things, because of course I look exactly like my mother, which is very funny. And, and I do favor my dad a little bit as well. So obviously I was not left on the doorstep. (laughs) And you can imagine the pranks that children really play on each other. Now um, you've taken what started as your passion and that has sort of become a career in a sense because you have been writing and I think you write almost everything because you write a blog um, and of course you authored a couple of books right so uh, what exactly now as a writer and this is something that I'm sure a lot of upcoming writers would like to know um, what is it about writing what is it that you love the most really about being a writer or an author well, I, there's so many things that I love. It's probably hard to put, to pinpoint just one thing, but um, mm-hmm. depending on what I'm writing, if I'm writing fiction, I like losing myself in another world and becoming another person. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. maybe it's the same. I think maybe it's the same thing when I'm writing nonfiction as well. Is I'm almost like mm-hmm. I'm my writer persona and I'm another person, and mm-hmm. that person doesn't have to watch mm-hmm. what they say. They don't have to. They don't have mm-hmm. to mince words. They can pretty much say what they think, and you know people are going to mm-hmm. want to hear it, or or not. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas <laughs> you know every day I can't walk around telling people what I think because well you know I don't really want to get punched in the face that much. 
but (laughs) you know I think that's what I like the most about it is that I get to be this whole other person I'm still me but I don't have to censor myself and I don't have to filter what I think and I can just put it down on words and it's interesting for me especially as a writer when people come up to me and they say I really liked your book it really spoke to me and it just it just warms me so much when people say that they've gotten something from something I've written because it, it's like they've taken a part of me and said that is great and I like it so it's it's kind of a great affirmation for me and I and I can totally relate to that you know just you know, when you talk about censorship and not being able to, the fact that you can actually just be open and honest and say what you probably may not say um, in person, but you can do that with your writing. Um, I think it's kind of like a, for lack of a better word, maybe an escape, you know, for a lot of people. Um, that but, is a great way of putting it. Like. An escape, right? Yeah. Yes. You know, but talking about you know, we talked about what you like the most, um, or what you really like about writing. What is it that you like the least about writing? Do you feel like there are any hang-ups, are there hang-ups that you experience in terms of, um, you know, just maybe your, your your process or your ability or whatever it is, you know, as a writer or as an author? Um, what, what do you like the least, really? Um, I, I think every writer is going to say the same thing. They hate editing. Um <laughs> Because, you know, when you're writing, it just kind of flows. I mean, you've written a book, so you know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. It just kind of pours out of you. And then all of a sudden you have to go back and you read it and you're kind of like, was I drunk when I wrote that? Because it doesn't make sense. And then you have to go back and edit it so that it's consumable is a word that I hate. Um because, mm-hmm. you know, you have to find an agent, you have to find a publisher, or if you're self-publishing, to make sure that it's that much mm-hmm. better than somebody who's gone through a traditional publisher, um, just just mm-hmm. so people will look at it. Um, as, a, as a published author, the thing I hate the most is marketing. I love doing interviews, mm-hmm. but I absolutely hate selling books. It is it's <laughs> tedious. I hate it, and I think every writer does. I love talking to people, and I love getting to meet new people, and I kind of feel like Mm -hmm. if I have to try and sell my book while I'm meeting someone, I kind of feel like like I have this nefarious scheme going on. It's like, oh, hey, great Mm -hmm. to meet you. By the way, I buy my book. (laughs) Buy my book. (laughs) Exactly, and I I hate feeling that way because I love having conversations with people and I like meeting new people. So I kind of try to put that marketing side of myself away when I do interviews and I don't really try to talk Mm -hmm. about that too much. So it's like, it's over Mm -hmm. there and it's kind of in its own little land. I call it marketing land. (laughs) And, you know, again, I can relate to that because I mean, who, like you said, you know, a lot of authors totally hate, you know, having to sell their stuff and try and convince people to buy and why this book is so great and why you should read and why, you know, and all of that. Because it really just seems like, you know, you're only just trying to get people to, you're trying to trick people to take stuff. Even though you know you have good, great stuff that you want to sell, you feel like you rather people just naturally just found them. But again, you know, people are, it's not just going to drop from heaven. You're going to have to find a way to get them out there. So, um, you know what, Nicole? Oh, I think we have, um, you know, there are a lot of people listening, wherever you're listening from around the world. Don't forget that you can join the conversation. If you have a question for my guest, Nicole Delacroix, um, 
I hope I got the I hope I got the last name correct because I was you know you know I have an accent I'm an African, um, but I wanted to be sure that I pronounced your surname correctly, Nicole. Did I get it correct? Um, there's two ways of pronouncing it, and the way you pronounced it is perfectly fine. Most people do pronounce it Delacroix. I, of course, am one of those hoity French people, and I like to say Delacroix. But um, Delacroix. <laughs> it's, okay. it's perfectly fine if you say Delacroix because people will know who you're talking about. As long as you don't yell at me and go, hey, you, I'm good. <laughs> I'm not real picky about all okay. that. <laughs> Yeah, because I noticed that it, you know it, it you know it has it's probably a French name, and my French is terrible. So you know, Nicole. <laughs> but you know what, Nicole? How about we take let's do, let's take a quick let's take a quick uh, commercial break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Um, you know, just before we went um, on that break, I mean, we were talking about, um, 
you know, just what you like the list, really, about being an author. And I was just saying that, you know, I could, you know, I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, um, I have a problem with that, too, as well. And I think for a lot of authors as well, um, we could be speaking on behalf of a lot of authors. But, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about your books. Now, I know that you've authored, you have a book, you've had a book uh, before, Sexual Con- uh, Confessional. Now, uh, which is, uh, Sexual Confessional is a nonfiction. Now, um, you've written fiction books and you've written nonfiction books. Uh, what exactly was it that sort of uh, motivated you to write this book? You know, what motivated you to write Sexual Confessional? Oh, we take you back to when I wrote my first book. Um, I, of course, am okay. a self-published author. And um, mm-hmm. and we're going to delve more into marketing land here. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wrote I wrote a nonfiction book, and um, apparently I must have watched Twilight and thought I could write something like that, and decided I was going to write a young adult paranormal book. Um, it wasn't about sparkly vampires because I don't care for sparkly vampires, um, but it was in that same you know paranormal kind of oddball kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a well-received book for the people that read it. Um, unfortunately, as a new writer, um, I didn't have many fans, and I didn't have um, – mm-hmm. I was basically learning the ropes. Um, I think I had mm-hmm. four followers on Twitter when I decided to put out my book. Um, I'm, I'm not sure oh, wow. what I was I was drinking or possibly smoking. <laughs> I'm not sure, but um, I've learned so much since then. And, of course, you know, everybody has this idea that when they write that, that great book, that novel that we all have inside mm-hmm. of us, we think, oh, somebody's going to see it and it's going to be an instant bestseller. And J.K. Rowling is going to think that, why didn't I think of that? And when you sell five <laughs> copies and and four of those were to people you know, you you find out the reality of marketing. Um <laughs> I, um, of course, had this tremendous failure from my first book, and I was incredibly disappointed. Um, And and I learned a lot, um, and I had to take that disappointment. I had to learn from it. Um, In addition to that incredible failure coming on the tail end of that, I was having some issues in both my my real life, um, my work, and um, my friends and family. And it was just an incredibly bad month. To the point where I was standing outside my home, and I think I was yelling at a higher power. Um, Most people just say that I was pretty much yelling at myself. Um, (laughs) And I probably looked like a crazy person, but that's okay because from crazy comes creative ideas. And um, I got to thinking, I got to thinking, you know, many times when we get in those depressed states we think oh nobody else in the world could possibly feel like this because my depression and my my unhappiness is so special nobody's ever felt it and I stopped and I thought you know that's not the case and I started thinking you know I wonder what other people do when they feel this way that's kind of Mm -hmm. what springboarded me into moving from fiction to nonfiction Um, I decided, Uh you know, as a laugh, I was going to post some of the, you know, big, why are we here kind of questions and just see if people would answer them just, you know, for myself and not really for anything. And, um, after posting the first survey, I got maybe one or two people that answered it and it was, it was comforting, but it wasn't really what I wanted to do. And when I started talking to my friends about it, they were like, you know what you should do? And it kind of snowballed from there, and it moved from these, you know, philosophical kind of why are we here kind of questions to, you know, it would be really fun 
and I and I guarantee you that there was a lot of tequila involved in this idea because it morphed from <laughs> it, it morphed from um you know we should ask people you know do they believe in god and do you believe in aliens and you know what do you think of this mm-hmm. to you know what's your what's your favorite sexual position um <laughs> so yeah there was a lot of alcohol involved in that transitional p- period um and my friends thought you know how funny see if you could get people to answer this and I'm one of those people that I, no matter what I do, and you probably do this too, is I always preface anything that I do or say or put out to the public with, mm-hmm. you might end up in a book, mm-hmm. so by doing this, you're agreeing to being a part of a publication. So I posted mm-hmm. this survey, and I thought, you know, let's see if I can get somebody to take it. And I started promoting it on mm-hmm. my Facebook and on my Twitter, and for the first two or three days, I got like maybe 50 people to answer it and then I had a friend who was telling me about an AMA that was on Reddit and they said you know what you should do you should post it on Reddit so I posted it on Reddit and within three hours I was on Reddit's top 100 list and I actually had to take a screenshot wow. of it because I couldn't I could not believe it I I mean I've been on Reddit for like two years and I've never really you know nobody's ever really noticed me. I've just been incognito. And then all of a sudden in three hours, I'm like on the top 100. I was like, oh my gosh. And I think it was like number 12. I was like, okay, seriously, this must be a slow news day. That's all I can think. (laughs) And, and I kind of, I kind of let it fall to the wayside and I wasn't paying attention to how many people were actually answering it. And I think two weeks went by and I was still trending pretty well on Reddit and I was still getting a lot of responses. After about two weeks, I checked it and I had about 200 responses and I was like, wow, what am I going to do with 200 people telling me these things? Uh. And that's when it kind of, I kind of went, you know, what would be really cool. Let me write a book about that. And it kind of, it just kind of happened organically because I wasn't planning on doing Mm -hmm. a book like this. I honestly, it was really just a matter of trying to make myself feel better. And by the time I finished and at the end of 30 days, I literally had to shut it down because I had over 500 responses. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with all this information. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I shut down the survey and I immediately sought psychological help because I was going to need it. (laughs) And, you know, I started, I started filtering through the responses. And interestingly enough, um, I had put an optional question in the survey, just, you know, as a lark, um, just to see if I could get people to answer it. It was optional. Nobody had to fill it out. And I asked people that to tell me about their worst sexual experience in detail. And I thought, nobody's going to be brave enough to do that. I know that they're not putting their names on this survey, but nobody's going to be that brave. And people surprised me. 253 people told me about their worst sexual experiences. And let me tell you, they were bad. (laughs) They were really bad. Although, you know, some of them, some of them took up a page and there was probably my personal favorite one, which was only a couple of words, but it said it all in those mm-hmm. few words. It was Tabasco sauce as lubricant. Oh, you don't no. need to tell me. <laughs> you don't need to tell me anything more than that because that one won right there. It was like, why would oh. you think that was a good idea? <laughs> oh no. So if you wow. ever doubt, if you ever doubt the human race. <laughs> 
know that they will surprise you at every turn. Okay, you know, you know, just listening to you know, just listening to this and really just trying to first of all, I'm totally in awe that you can get like that many people to actually respond to you know, questions about sex and their preference and their experience and all of that. And especially, you know, when there is a lot of, uh, you know, people are, you know, a lot of people are trying to be moralistic. And we all know that sex is a subject, but a lot of people in the open, um, maybe you're not comfortable, um, you know, being part of or, you know, trying to talk about it. So it's really amazing that you can have strangers, because I was going to ask, how were you able to get, you know, response, you know, from strangers? You didn't pay for this. And just to, you know, think of how amazing it was that, you know, um, that they were able to sort of um, respond to your survey. And you, now you have a great, amazing book. And you've been doing a lot of uh, media, you know, with this book. And a lot of people have been talking about this book. I read it, and I thought it was really, you know, hilarious. It was funny. I mean, you were very sarcastic. Like, you know, you're, you're um you know, you had little comments, and but just you know, reading and just kind of opens your mind really to just how people are, and what they're present, and how diverse you know, really diverse people are in terms of their preference and their choices and the things that they're thinking. So I, I think it's a you know, really good book, especially for people who are very close-minded. You know, um, yeah, I think it's a great work. Well, I think the reason that people were so open and willing to answer um, was, and, and of course, you know, my sarcastic answer was, I have really nice boobs, but no. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's, that's the funny answer. The real answer is, is that I was very cautious when I set up the survey. I used a wonderful site, which was not located in the United States. Um, the mm -hmm. site was not only... I was able to extend to each person who took the survey their privacy because mm -hmm. I didn't get any information that they didn't give me. The only thing that yeah. I could know about them is what they filled out. There was no way for me to trace mm. their IP. There was no way for me to get their email mm. address. There was no way for me to get any information about them mm. other than what they provided. So um, mm. I think that by making it completely anonymous, um, and, and I joke about it, but I think it's true, is that when you put a mask on, it's so much easier to be the person that you yeah. want to be. And you can mm. say exactly what you want to say because you're hiding behind that mask. And I think that that mm. is why people were so open because they had that whole anonymity. Nobody knew, knew who they were, which is kind of funny because mm -hmm. the there there are a lot of people that I know personally that actually answered the survey for me. And when the book came out, they were like, that's my answer. I'm like, dude, the whole point of anonymous <laughs> is you're not supposed to tell me that it's you. Although, you know, I kind of guessed a few of them. Like I do, I do happen to know the guy with the midget porn because it freaks him out and he's totally getting that for his birthday. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's fun because like, there were answers that I was pretty sure had come from one of my close friends. And that person, when I went to them, I was like, this was, this was you, wasn't it? And they were like, I didn't even take the survey. I was like, really? <laughs> so even I was guessing of who they were. So even my friends, you know, I, they were very careful. They waited until I had a set number before they started answering the survey so that their answers kind of got mixed in with everybody else's. So I couldn't, I couldn't recognize them. Although, there were a few that were a little obvious, 
that I kind of know who they are and, you know, and yes, I was very tongue in cheek and I had a lot of fun with my friends and with the people who answered the book because the truth is, is that we are so uptight when it comes to talking about sex. When, when you stop and think about it, it's hilarious. Have you seen the faces that we make when we have sex? They're funny. They're very funny. <laughs> and we have got to get over ourselves because, you know, I, I, I tend to be very relaxed and I talk about pretty much any subject that doesn't bother me. And I, I don't understand why people get so uptight, but I guess, you know, it depends on experience and background and, you know, their beliefs. And like you said, their moral fortitude. Um, I, I, I just – I love the fact that people put aside those inhibitions that they had and they were like, they threw caution mm -hmm. to the wind and they said, you know what? It's anonymous. I'm going to go ahead and answer it. <laughs> mm. Okay. You know, I, you know, I was thinking, and we're definitely going to talk about, you know, quite a number of stuff. I was going to ask you, though, if it was the other way around, would you be able to answer, like, you know, take a survey, you know, would you be able to have been able to have answered those questions? Had it been you were on the other side and you had stumbled on a survey like that? You know, um, well, first of all, I did answer every single one of the questions, and my answers are in the book. Oh, yes, you did, actually. So, yes, yeah, so, and I'm the only person who put my name to them, so there's a big difference. Mm. I was an anonymous, but, no, I see where I see what you're saying, is if I would have been, if somebody else would have been written writing the book and I stumbled upon their survey, mm -hmm. how would I have felt? Um I, I think that I have, I think I have a good grasp on who I am, and I, I, I never really mm -hmm. had any inhibitions about talking about sex. The fact that it was anonymous mm -hmm. probably would have made me answer the questions a little bit more um, kinkily, I guess is a good word. Mm -hmm. You know what? That's not really a word. No, you know what? I'm going to say it's a word now. I'm making it a word. Kinkily. Um, <laughs> you know, just to have some fun. Okay. Um, because I am a mm -hmm. bit of a prankster, and I probably – I would have been very tongue-in-cheek about some of my answers. Um, but, mm -hmm. you know, as as people were answering the question, there were a lot of people that were very tongue-in-cheek, but it was so incredibly humbling to see people answer the questions in a very thoughtful and thought-provoking way. And for me, that mm -hmm. meant the world because here I was having this – existential crisis and wondering how I was ever going to feel like myself again. And here were people all around the world talking to me like they were my best friend and opening up their hearts and their minds and sharing their most intimate thoughts with me. And that was very humbling for me. And, you know, here's the thing, you know, listening to you talk about this. I, again, you know, I can relate. And here's why, because I write about sex. You know, I write about a lot of things, you know, uh, but being that I'm an advocate, you know, um, for expression, and I'm all about, you know, motivating people to become more expressive. On my blog, I do write about sex, and I'm not hiding behind any, you know, uh, mask or anything. It's funny because, you know, it's almost become, you know, there. I have, I do have um, a page on my blog where it's raw and unfiltered. So I keep it right unfiltered, and it's funny because every time I write, I mean, I write about inspiration, and I write about, you know, empowering people, and I write about thoughts on love and life and, you know, you know, everything else in between, but I do write about sex. But I noticed that when I write an article about sex, 
right? It's usually my viral post. <laughs> and it's usually, I'm telling you, it's usually my vir- my most viral post by by a landslide. Like it's so it's weird. It's and if you know, it's almost an eroticer because I'm like, you know, it's very um, greasy. But here's the thing. It just kind of makes me think about um, a very popular saying that sex sells, you know. And I was going to ask you this. Why? I mean, first of all, do you think sex sells? And why do you think sex sells, really? You, you know, it's so funny that you asked that because those are some of my talking points when I send them out to the media um, is to talk about sex selling. Um, the truth is, is that human nature is, is this underlying pre-programmed disposition to respond to sexual imagery. Um, and it's so strong that advertisers have actually used sex as a, as their main weapon for over 100 years. The sad part about it is, is that you know, from a celebrity all the way to CEO, we all know that if you want to get yourself heard or your brand recognized, that one of the quickest ways mm-hmm. to do that is to align it with sex or to make it controversial. Mm-hmm. The interesting mm-hmm. thing the interesting thing is is that science doesn't lie. And they have actually done mm-hmm. a they've actually done a study and um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Super Bowl. Um, it's one of the big Oops. American football, and I, I stress American football games. Um, <laughs> they just they just played it. They just played it last weekend. Um, that yes, it was just a couple, couple of weeks ago. Yes, that Beyonce performed. Yes, I know. Everybody knows about it. Um, which you know, <laughs> the big thing in America is we all want to see what the new Super Bowl ads are because those those are when the companies put out some of their best and quirkiest commercials because the airtime mm-hmm. during that particular event is so astronomically expensive, mm-hmm. they kind of have to put their best mm-hmm. out there. So um, they mm-hmm. did see the Super Bowl ads, and um, I've got my little notes here, and I have to apologize because I don't know these off the top of my head, but I have to look. The weird thing is mm-hmm. that science found that sexy ads do not help brand recall. And if I, mm. I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with um, one of the one of the companies that do a lot of really overtly sexual ads is a hamburger chain called Carl's Jr. They have really great hamburgers, mm. by the way. Um, but mm. most of their most of their um, advertisers or advertisements have very very beautiful women eating these huge hamburgers in a very sexual <laughs> way. The weird thing is, is that they show these commercials to a group of people in this study, and most of the people in the study could not tell you what company it was for. All they knew it was for hamburger. So it doesn't really click for people um, to see those images. They don't. They don't say, "Oh, that's Carl's Jr. ad." They just say it's a hamburger ad. Mm-hmm. So it really doesn't help that mm-hmm. brand recognition. What they found is, mm-hmm. is during the Super Bowl, is that. When we see these these sexual images, we forget about them. Now, 30% of these ads at the Super Bowl contain sexy images or those double meanings that were overtly sexual. And every single mm-hmm. one of those ads was rated lower in brand recognition than the more family-friendly ads. And you're talking a full 30%. Now, when you're talking marketing and you're thinking these companies spent probably a million dollars for 30 seconds of airtime, a million dollars, 30% of their marketing audience isn't even going to know what the product is. That's ridiculous. Mm. So it, it does not sell. 
Yeah, because, you know, that's, you know, so, yeah, thinking about it, so you, you know, by, like your analysis, it really doesn't sell. And that kind of makes a lot of sense because it kind of like distracts you from um, the product in itself because, I mean, you see someone, you know, eating a, you know, uh, a hamburger in a really sexy way. You're not really thinking about the company who's making that. You're really just looking at the woman and, you know, the really sexual way that she's, so it's really, you're focused on um, the action in itself as opposed to the product that she's trying to market. Um, exactly. I have a personal theory on this. I have a personal theory on it. I think that when, especially when, when men are watching these commercials with very sexual women in it, I think all the brain leaves their big heads, and that's why they can't remember <laughs> what it is. <laughs> okay, so that makes, I think that makes a lot of logical sense. Like, you know, the brain you know, leaves their big heads. <laughs> really. Oh God, Nicole, this is. Well, you know what, Nicole? How about we take? Let's take a quick. Let's take a musical break. Um, you know, let's take a musical. Let's take a musical break. Um, this song is "Home" and it's by um, Rising Nigerian Star, and he does R&B fusion, OG, and this is from his new Gita project. Um, and this is "Poem." We'll be back. Huh. Baby, why don't slow dance while you're holding me? Wanna eat you up, baby girl, you're my recipe. So, in my draw the door. When you lick your lips, there's always something new. Get a lot of crazy things I wanna do to you. So, come here, girl, make I show you what it do. I go Make love all night and put your 
body right I gon' be your superman Cause you did my crib tonight She make I make you more That was Poo by OG. And yes, OG is a rising Nigerian star. And uh, yes, yeah, so yes, we're premiering that song here on the show. And yes, 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 OG is a really talented artist. Don't forget to follow him on Twitter and, you know, learn more about him. Now, uh, you know, just before we went on that musical break, I have been talking to the very fun, loving, engaging, oh, my God, what other adjectives can I use to describe her? And we've been having such a great conversation talking about her journey as an author as well as, you know, her book and uh, just, you know, the entire process as to, you know, putting together a sexual confessional and just her thoughts on sex and, you know, secrets and a lot of that. And we'll be talking, I mean, we started talking sex. We'll talk a little bit more secrets and, of course, social media. So uh, welcome back, guys. Don't forget, um, you can be part of this conversation. I saw quite a number of people dialed in and, you know, and uh, back and forth. But, hey, if you call into the show, don't forget to use your hand raising effects. Please make sure to press 1. Press 1 so I know that you want to speak. We might, I might see you dialed in, but if you don't press 1, then I just think you're, you're listening. So if you want to contribute or you've got a question to ask Nicole, please and please and please make sure to press 1 so we can get you connected. Don't forget you can also use the in-studio chat room. You can leave a message there or your contributions there, and they'll be right on the show. Or you can send me a message on WhatsApp. And, of course, I will. if you've got a question or a contribution or a comment for Nicole, uh, just send it to me on WhatsApp, you know, the WhatsApp number, and then I will read it to, you know, read it to Nicole on the show. So, yes. Guys, welcome, and yes, my name is still Alex Okurji. It hasn't changed, and this is still the Naked Talk with Alex Okurji. So, hi, Nicole. Hello. I'm so glad we're back. And that song was really good, by the way. (laughs) Oh, really? Wow. You liked it? Oh, yes. It was very, very good. You know, so you're listening to you're listening to you know an African song, a Nigerian song, yay! <laughs> but you know, just before we went on that break, we're talking about um, you know whether you thought that uh, whether you think that sex sells, and you did give me your theory for why sex doesn't sell, and of course the research. You know, there's been a lot of research on why it isn't having um, a great impact on um, brand recognition. And all now, let me ask you. I mean, social media was a big part of your project. I mean, um, you kind of used it to get um, the response for your survey, and um, it played a major role. But let me ask you this: um, 
what are your thoughts? Do you feel like um, social media has impacted our views about sex? Um, you know, or do you feel like it distorts it, really? What are your thoughts about social media and the value that they add to or the perception or the projection of sex? Well, not to shoot myself in the foot, um, (laughs) because I think that social media can be a wonderful tool and a wonderful way Mm -hmm. for people to connect Mm -hmm. around the world. I think Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. um, the Internet in general has made the world a much smaller place. Um, Mm -hmm. Years ago, I would have never dreamed that I'd be speaking to you in Africa. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just not something Mm -hmm. that we would ever, ever conceive. And here we are Mm -hmm. on a daily basis talking back and forth. So I think think social Mm -hmm. media, for the most part, is a good thing. Um, I think that Mm -hmm. the problem that I see in social media is – Definitely with with our our younger people, Um, there is Mm -hmm. this distorted view um, to be um, participated in, for lack of Mm -hmm. a better term. Um, You see these these young girls who take pictures of themselves and post them on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And to me, Mm -hmm. it seems an awful lot like um, mean girls times a thousand. Um, because you know you're posting this, <laughs> you're posting this picture of yourself, and you're basically inviting people that don't know you, they don't know anything no, about you, to yeah. judge you based on what you look mm-hmm. like. And I mean, mm-hmm. most young girls and and even young boys can have this very fragile psyche, and it it's very mm-hmm. damaging. If um, some young girl, and and I hear a lot of stories here in the States, and I'm not sure if you hear them as much over there, um, Mm -hmm. of these young girls who who they join Facebook or they join Twitter, and all of a sudden they're getting bullied by people they don't even know. Um, Mm -hmm. There was a young young girl uh, up in Pittsburgh, I believe it was, that basically she committed suicide because – some girl that she didn't even know was harassing her online, saying horrible things about her, telling her that she was ugly and she was fat and, you know, that she should just kill herself. And it's ridiculous that people you don't know how their opinions can matter so much that you would take your own life. And to me, that's just, that's incredible because I, I, I mean, I know that we all go through those periods where we don't like something about ourselves, but, The way that kids are connecting, it makes me wonder how they are ever going to find a deep and fulfilling long-term relationship. It's so distorted. Mm. I mean, the contact is easier, but the question becomes, what what is that contact? Because you've got Mm -hmm. the whole world knocking on your computer screen, and anybody who has an email address will tell you that spam is a problem. (laughs) Now you've got these people actually knocking on your screen. Um, and you've got kids that are that are under 14 years of age. They're making this private life very public. Everything they do and everything they say has to be online. And they don't understand that no matter how hard you try, that doesn't go away. I, in my real life, mm-hmm. I work as an IT professional. I actually work mm-hmm. on the Internet. And <laughs> I can tell mm-hmm. you right now, even I don't know how to erase something off the Internet. Once it's out there, it's out there. And there's a lot of these, there's a lot of these um, 
teachers that are now doing these little lessons where they take a picture of themselves holding a sign saying, hey, I'm trying to teach my class how bad social media can be. Um, send this send this picture around the world and comment, you know, where you are. And it's ridiculous because most of the time when I see them, um, they've already been around the world three or four times and they've got hundreds and thousands of people who've said, I'm here, I'm in Turkey, I'm in, you know, the Middle East, I'm in Asia, I'm here. And it comes back around and I don't think kids really understand the impact of taking a naked picture mm -hmm. of yourself and letting it out there mm -hmm. for everybody in the world to see. They don't understand how those things can be distorted, how they can be changed. You're an actress, and I'm sure mm -hmm. that you're very choosy about the roles that you pick because you want to make sure that your image isn't, tar isn't tarnished. Mm -hmm. And these kids aren't mm -hmm. thinking that way. They're not mature enough to think that way yet. The sad part is is that they never have these in-person meetings, so they're basically having coffee with a stranger. Mm. They don't really know them, mm. so these they don't have that human connection anymore. So these connections become more of a young boy texts his girlfriend or the girl that likes him and says, hey, send me a naked picture of yourself. This girl feels so horrible about who she is as a person that she really has to think, oh, the only way I'm going to get this guy to like me is to send him a naked picture of myself, which she does. And then she doesn't understand why this boy doesn't respect her. And I mean, I've had boyfriends who've, who've asked me for naked pictures and I'm, I look at them and I say no, because, you know, mm -hmm. if, if you're going to be with me, you don't need a picture of it. That's how it is. Yeah. But it's like this whole uncharted – it's this whole uncharted territory. There's no body language to read. There's no social cues. There's no tone. They are almost mm -hmm. immune to those human emotions, and I, I, I fear that there's not this – It's I, I don't understand why some of these things are, are even – touted as something you want to be. You have people who are famous for nothing more than being famous. There's a show on MTV here in the U.S. called Teen Moms. I remember when I was going to school, I, so you know what I'm talking about. I'm not a big reality TV person, so please, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I mean, I've, not, seen, I've seen, no, 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 I've seen an episode of it. I mean, here we have MTV here and, I mean, everything yeah. else. You know, the world is such a global village right now, so you kind of pretty much know what's happening yeah. right, everywhere, right, if you're well, paying attention. And I don't, I don't understand why a girl who's 16 who hasn't even begun her life yet, she hasn't even had the opportunity mm -hmm. of going to university or getting an education, and she's basically mm -hmm. a child herself having a child. And mm -hmm. for some reason in America, we seem to think that she should be a celebrity. I don't know why, but for some reason they've got her on this show, and then she has to learn how to deal with these people who want a piece of her when she doesn't even have the maturity mm. to know who she is as a person. And it's just, it's ridiculous to me sometimes. I, 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 I personally, I don't have a need to be in front of the camera. By nature, what mm -hmm. I do requires me to be in the public eye. But I'm very careful with my own, my own brand because I don't want people mm -hmm. to see me in the wrong light. I like to be open-hearted. I like to be open-minded. I like to be open to everything that, that the world has to offer. But if somebody came to me and said, hey, can we take your picture with no clothes on? I'm going to go with, yeah, nobody wants to see that. No. <laughs>
And you know what? I can totally, I understand what you're saying. Because, uh, I mean, especially when it comes to really building your own brand and your brand perception, you need to be careful um, what you communicate. But just as long as you know what you're doing. I mean, it's a difference, and especially when you're talking about this younger. I did write a post. I remember writing a post on my blog, um, I don't know if it's a month ago or a few weeks ago, about social media, especially Instagram. It's, you know, I don't want to say this, but I kind of need to say, like, it's pretty much my least favorite social media um, network, not because of anything, but just the fact that, you know, it's just so vain, like, you know, there's just people there doing absolutely nothing but, you know, showing out, like, you know, I don't know what it is, but I mean, I have, oh God, I, you know, I, I think I shouldn't be saying this because I have so many followers on Instagram, but I'm not very active there, even though I have this, you know, that many, fo- you know, followers. I'm not liking people's pictures or, you know, comments. Like, I feel like it's a distraction for me because if I sit down all day staring at pictures, I'm not going to do any work. Like, I'm not going to have any work done. But beyond that, it's just how we feel like we need to, we need other people's opinions about us to validate. Like, we need other people to validate us, you know, and our existence and all of that. And that, for me, is probably, you know, what I can, you know, what I don't like about um you know, Instagram, you know, social media, but Instagram, really Instagram. Let me not say social media because I use social media. Like you said, you know, at the beginning, it can be great if you use it well, if you use it the right way, but then also it can be very disastrous, especially if you don't understand um, how to, you know, the proper way to use it. But, you know, just talking about all of the things, you know, that um, um, we've been talking about, um, is there, you know, thinking about, talking about, uh, you know, secrets. <laughs> is there anything, you know, that makes you, anything sexual that makes you cringe? Is there something you totally can't stand? Um, <laughs> well, um, it, it, there's a lot of things that make me cringe, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. <laughs> um, I, I, Anybody who knows me in real life will tell you that I absolutely hate having my picture taken. I don't know what it is. My uh, mother never took a lot of pictures I when know. I was young. And I, I just absolutely crit. It's, it takes, it, honestly, when they went to take my, my author photograph, they had to take about almost 200 pictures just to get one good one. Because I'm one of those people that I stand in front of a camera and I give you, I'm great when, it, when it's just you and me and I got that perfect natural smile when mm-hmm. it's just you and me. Put a camera in the mix and I, all of a sudden I look like I just ate a dead, a dead baby. I don't know what that is, but I just cannot stand to have my picture taken, and which which really sucks for me, which I love doing radio interview because I never have to be on camera because I, I kind of like doing interviews, you know, in my pajamas with my hair up in a pebbled ponytail um, with no makeup on and my reading glasses. So, you know, if everybody if everybody had to see that, wow. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things that make me cringe. Um I, I'm not a big fan of blood and gore in movies. Uh, I like suspense in Ooh. movies, but um, I don't like blood and gore, although I am anticipating the zombie apocalypse because I'm pretty sure every picture on Instagram and Twitter is going to be a zombie. <laughs> oh, God, Nicole, you just cracked me up seriously. And you know what? Let me tell you this, and this is so weird because I'm starting to feel like we're really alike in so many ways. Now, I know that this might probably shock you, but I also don't like taking pictures. Now, I do have pictures, but I don't like taking Believe me, it's very stressful to take my pictures. 
Like, I don't know what to do with myself. Now, I like being in front of, um, you know, I, I hate being in front of a still camera. I like being in front of a moving camera. So I like my work as an actor because I really don't have to care or focus on the camera. Like, I really don't have to care if the camera's there, right? As opposed, I mean, even though you know subconsciously, you don't really have to care about what the camera's picking. No, but with still photographs, like with still pictures, I hate being in front of the camera because I'm not vain at all, like really. And I know that this probably doesn't look very right to a lot of people who see great pictures of me and go like, oh, she's really, trust me, probably took like 20 hours to get it. <laughs> like, so I need to have music. I need to, you know, I don't know. It's just very stressful. So believe me, I can totally relate to you on that one. Well, I understand what you're saying, and I think I'm the same way too. Um, if I'm if I'm in front of a moving camera and I'm doing something, and I think you're like me in this, you can actually get lost in that in that mm-hmm. um, that that mm-hmm. person that you're that you're portraying. So you're not paying attention to the mm-hmm. camera, but as soon as you pay attention to that camera, it's like all of a sudden I'm where's Waldo? I don't. <laughs> it's like, like there. I will tell you that I had a dear friend who owns a photography studio, did my, did my author photograph. And he looked at me mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it was about seven hours to finally get one picture that was somewhat decent. And oh. he looked at me, he goes, never ask me to take your picture again. Never. He's like, I know you're paying me, but never ask again because I'm never going to do it. He's like, whatever you do, and if you ever saw my driver's license, you know that I'm horrible at pictures because you don't get a second chance at that one. I, I literally, it just, I look like a blob. It's just horrible. I don't know what it is. But I, I, I mean, I get lost in, if I'm like having a conversation. I love talking in front of crowds and I love talking, you know, and if there happen to be cameras there, I, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Because I don't pay attention mm-hmm. to them. But as soon as I see that camera dead on, forget it. You might as well hand me a, a bottle yeah. of tequila because I'm going to look really bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Um, you know, if you're tuning in, I can see people dialed into the show. Don't forget, if you want to uh, speak to my guest, Nicole Delacroix. Again, I have to remind you, my French is terrible. Or you want to speak with me or, you know, make any contributions to the conversation, don't forget to press 1. Make sure to use your hand raising effect. Press one so I know you want to uh, join the conversation, and of course we'll get you into the show. Now, Nicole, you know, just talking about it, that was uh, really, really funny. But you know, let me ask you this, Nicole: um, What is your writing process like? I mean, do you have any weird, funny habits? Like, you know, maybe you write naked or something? You know, <laughs> I knew you were going to call me out on that one. <laughs> I do. I, you know, it's really funny because um, I think it was Hemingway that said, write drunk, edit sober. Um, and I, I tend to um, <laughs> I tend to take that to heart. Um, it's it's um, I, I tend to be very funny when I'm drunk. I don't know why. I, I think most people are. <laughs> I think it's a, at least we think we're funny when we're drunk. Um, it's just like how we think we could dance when we're drunk. Um, <laughs> um so I tend to, you know, jot things down a lot. Um, I try to set a schedule where I where I write at least an hour a day um, on whatever I feel like writing on. But, um, yeah, for the most part, you know, I, I get to that point where um, I think everybody who's ever written anything gets writer's block. Um, and one of the ways that I counter my writer's block is to drink and of course, the natural effect of alcohol is it tends to get hot. 
So, you know, I live alone. I take my clothes off. Um, you know, <laughs> it's just the nature of the beast, I guess. Um, it gets a little weird when I'm writing at work. Um, no, I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. Because <laughs> that would be kind of funny if I was naked at work. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it gets it, – it it's, you know, the nature of the beast. I think that um, – I've actually been writing so long that I've come to the point where I don't have writer's block very often. Um, I've mm-hmm. I've been participating in the NaNoWriMo, which is the National Not Write a Book Month, mm-hmm. which is in November. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they have got the right attitude. Um, I think people tend to get into that um, writer's block because they're trying to edit things. And part of the process mm-hmm. is, is don't edit, just write it, just get it out there. Mm-hmm. Even if it doesn't make any sense, just write it, put it on paper, mm-hmm. um, edit later. And um, that's mm-hmm. kind of a habit that I've been trying to institute. Um, it doesn't happen as, as it should all the time because, you know, eventually you mm-hmm. go back and you read it and you think, why was I talking about a moose? Um <laughs> I do have random moments where I jot stuff down, and um, I will say for anybody who's aspiring to be a writer is to invest mm-hmm. in invest in a program that you feel comfortable with, um, whether that's Microsoft Word or um, Scrivener or any of the writing programs out there, and get your voice heard. Um, even Twitter is a great place to write. Um, I actually have a follower who wrote an entire book in Twitter format, which was amazing. It was hilarious. Um, really? You actually, wow. you actually become a better writer by using Twitter, and I will tell you why. When you only have 140 characters to get your thoughts across, <laughs> you choose your words very carefully. Mm. Yeah. I know you never you know thought you'd funny, that. I, no, no, no. No, but here's the truth. You're very correct. And let me say this. I used to hate Twitter. Like, Really, when I first found Twitter, you know, when Twitter was, I was like, oh, no, how the hell, because I'm such a long-winded writer, right? So I'm thinking to myself, how the hell am I going to cope with this? Walking there in the front, like, no way. You know, and at the time, Facebook was still, like, you know, a place to really hang out. But then, you know, I started getting really fun of Twitter, and it's pretty my favorite place to hang out right now because, you know, I can just really, it kind of really, like you said, it really helps you with being, um, just, uh, for lack of a better word, you know, just let you be, um, what's it called, um, as... Uh, concise. Concise, yes, that's the word I was looking for, as concise. So, you know, it just helps you, really. And I started enjoying being on Twitter, really. So um, you do make um, great sense there. Now, um, I know we do have, we don't have so much time left, and we'll have to let you go. And I don't want to let you go. Not yet. <laughs> I'm a little bit disappointed. I thought with sex that a bunch of people would be calling in with some really awful questions for me to answer, especially since I will answer just about anything. I'm a little bit disappointed. <laughs> you know, and it's like it's people are tuning in there, you know, logging in, and, you know, I guess that, you know, that we're, we're, but because we're having a really clean show, so I'm sure, like, we're like, okay, what do I ask her now? Because she's really, like, telling everything, but I'm sure that, you know. But how about, let's do this. Let's take a, let's take a quick musical break. Um, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere.
came here to get managed Who I know is good when you start speaking Spanish Every sexually, you're full of energy After I'm done, you're still telling me you won't Let a Gemini, oh what a sex drive She wanted it from the front, back, left, and the right Baby, I will guarantee you to give you everything your body's missing Baby, Yes, 
signs, signs of love making. Okay, you know. Well, it's been a pretty awesome show talking to my very special guest, um, Nicole Delacroix. And, you know, it's been pretty interesting. I've laughed and giggled and cackled, like, all the way through the show. Um, you know, Nicole is really you know, a very fun person to hang out with and, you know, I, you know, I've just really had a very great time. But, um, you know, just before we went to that commercial break, you know, we have been talking, we've been talking about quite a number of things. And, um, you know, we, I, you know, I wanted to find out, you know, what, um, if there is anything, you know, that uh, made Nicole cringe. And, of course, she did share, um, yeah, she did share, you know, some of the things that totally made her very uncomfortable, like taking pictures, for example. Uh, yes. But, yes, guys, it's still the Naked Talk. Um, I'm still Alex. My name hasn't changed. Amber Castle Live, all the way from Lagos, Nigeria. And, yes, it's all, it's, it's, it's pretty, getting pretty late. But, um, you know, hi, Nicole. Welcome back. Well, hello, hello. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> I was giggling well, through yeah, that whole is... song. <laughs> oh, really? You were? <laughs> I was. I don't think I've ever I'll heard go. that song before. And I was like, I was like, really? oh, no, he didn't. Oh, no, he didn't. The whole thing. I was just cracking up. <laughs> I, I, I've never heard the song before. It's one of the, that's a new one. Wow. For me, and I, I really liked it. And I was cracking up. I was like, yes, finally. Oh. But he was totally wrong. Scorpios are not the best. Aries are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nicole. And there, I'm, yeah, I'm saying, oh, Pisces are. You know, I think everyone's just going to stand up for their signs, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> I'm challenging them. <laughs> you know, but, yeah, I think you should listen to it again. First time I heard it, so I was like, oh, my God, no, really, like, really, you know, and I wanted to listen to it again. But, hey, you know, we have the Wanting Goddess herself here on the show, and, of course, we have a sex and intimacy. And I needed to ask you that, by the way, because um, I received a question, um, and, and just, yes, you know, I got two questions. I have two questions for you, actually. Um, one is from Opelua. Opelua is a listener. She sent me a message on WhatsApp, and she wanted to know what exactly. She said, hi, Miko. Um, you're very funny and fun to listen to. Um, I love your voice. And then she says, but I need to ask you, what is a sex and intimacy artist? <laughs> well, first of all, isn't she just the sweetest? At least she didn't ask me to do the southern the southern drawl that everybody asked me to do Scarlett O'Hara. So, and I actually do a really great Scarlett O'Hara. Um, but you know, that's going to involve a little bit more alcohol. Um, I am a. I, <laughs> Um, I am not a licensed um, sex therapist, and I'm not a doctor, um, but mm-hmm. um, I am very well-versed and well-researched in um, sex, intimacy, dating, and relationships. Um, I am mm-hmm. just not what you would consider a PhD, um, but mm-hmm. I do I do publish articles, and um, I'm, I'm seen as what you would consider almost an expert. I just don't have the degree behind me, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So I hope you don't feel satisfied with um, the answer because um, she did tell me, oh, what is, you know, please ask, please ask Nicole, what is the sex? And so, and that makes a lot of sense because again, you know, you know, here's what's so funny. Um, sometimes, you know, we may not necessarily have um, a certain certificate, right, to back up, you know, the education or the wisdom that we have. Right, but we might um, gain wisdom from experience, right? So 
I believe that you've had personal experience, you've been able to relate with people and just see a pattern and observation. You've made lots of observation and you've gained quite a bit of knowledge in terms of, in relation to sex and intimacy in relationships, if I'm correct. That is correct. And although the fun answer to that question would be is that I can pretty much sling off a chandelier and, and land a 10.0. <laughs> Oh my God, Nicole! I'm just gonna keep laughing today. Oh my God! Anyway, I kind of knew Friday radio special was gonna be fun with you. I've been looking forward to um, this. Now, I do have another question for you, and this is coming from Jonathan. But before I ask you that, I was gonna ask you my version. You know, I was gonna ask you something anyway. And you know, while we were talking, we've been talking about you know um, different things. And let me ask you though your thoughts in terms of, in the area of communication, right? Do you feel like you know? And speaking of being um, a sex, you know, um, a sex and intimacy artist, um, do you feel like there's when it comes to communicating or talking about sex? Do you feel like there's something as too much? Do you feel like you know people can say too much, or people shouldn't say too much really about sex? Oh my God! Yes, you can obviously say too much. I mean, seriously, <laughs> especially in that moment. The wrong thing said could just ruin a relationship. Of course you can say too much. No. Um, when it comes to being honest, my belief of, is this, is you should share what you feel comfortable sharing and what makes your mm-hmm. partner comfortable. Um, and, mm-hmm. and you're going to know the person that you're with well enough to know what they can handle and what they cannot um, as long mm-hmm. as any communication that you have is honest and forthright and you're not keeping mm-hmm. something back, you will have a fantastic mm-hmm. relationship. Mm. Okay. And, and that, that makes quite a bit of Because, you know, I was just wondering, and here's the thing, because people would ask, and, and it's it's funny, but, you know, in relationships, um, people do want to know quite a little bit of the weird things about their partners, like, you know, how many people have you been with? Um, you know, what are their names? What do they like? Do you feel like those questions are really important? Like, do you feel like these are questions, this is a conversation that people really need to have? Like, things like, you know, how many people have you been with? Like, there's, I remember having an ask, an ex that asked, you know, wanted to know how many, how many guys I've been with, and I'm like, uh, I, I honestly, I've, 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 you know, I've had guys ask me those questions too. And to be perfectly honest, I think that, the question how many people you've been with is the absolute worst mm-hmm. question you could possibly ask someone. If you care mm-hmm. about them, mm-hmm. it's not going to matter if they've been with one person or a thousand because it's still the same person mm-hmm. that doesn't change them. Mm-hmm. There, the mm-hmm. the questions about medical background, yes, those absolutely make a difference because obviously you want to make mm-hmm. sure that, that you're not exposed to something or exposing mm-hmm. your partner mm-hmm. to something. Um, those are absolutely mm-hmm. important questions. How many people you've been with absolutely does not make a difference, unless you haven't been with anybody, in which case, wow, I want to meet you because I've never met a virgin. <laughs> really? No, but seriously, you haven't met, you have never met a virgin. Not over the age of 17. No. I've never met anybody who was over the age of 17 that was not a virgin. And seriously, if there's somebody really? out there, I would absolutely love to meet that person. <laughs> 
you need you need to come to Africa because they're okay. Maybe not as not as maybe not you know maybe not in the new you know in the modern the new century really because um, the average sixteen year old is you know having dating and having sex, but really they're people who. You know, I know someone who got married as a virgin. Like, you know, he got married at 35, and he was still a virgin. His wife was his first. Like, actually, it was his honeymoon was his like his first experience, and that was really weird, you know. But yeah, I guess. Um, but okay, let me ask you this, and this is from Jonathan. Jonathan wants to know. Okay, it's a two-part question, actually. <laughs> so he says, "Hi, Nicole. It's nice to meet you. Um, you know, we've been waiting for this show." Uh, First of all, let me ask you, what is what is your biggest sexual fantasy? That's A. Then he says B. Alex, please ask her. Um, do you think that, okay, please ask her. Sorry, let me read this correctly. He says, Alex, can you please ask her, my new girlfriend, I just started dating someone, and we've been dating for just about three weeks. And she wants to know what my big she wants to know what my biggest sexual fantasy really is. Now I have a crazy fantasy, but I don't know if I should share this with her. I would actually love to have sex with I would love to have sex with her and my friend. Should I tell her this, or should I not? Okay, so let's start with the first. Let's start with the first one because because my fantasy. Okay. I I th- I, I think um I I've. <laughs> And I'm going to preface this with um, I, I've okay. always I've always had sex in in a committed relationship, um, so it doesn't sound mm-hmm. as bad as it's going to be. But um, most of the the people that I've been with, I've been able to share any fantasies that I've had. So um, I don't really have wild fantasies. I really would love mm-hmm. a man who would. Um, you know, when he wakes up in the morning, makes me some English breakfast tea and possibly serve me breakfast in bed, that would be great. Um, but, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, as far as trying things, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with a good spanking. I'm going to say it. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with it. Um, <laughs> um, as far as his, his question about his girlfriend, um, the first thing I'm going to say is that um, – most men do have the um, typical threesome. Um, some some men want that to be, you know, them, their girlfriend, and another woman. Or um, mm-hmm. in this particular case, I'm assuming it's two men. Um, I'm making some assumptions yeah, here, but um, um, no, it I, is. That's what he says. His own friend, his friend, okay. and the girl. That's what his message says. When it comes to something like that, um, you really have to gauge how your partner feels about those types mm-hmm. of things before you ask. Mm-hmm. Um, because, mm-hmm. you know, this is a perfect opportunity. You could listen to the show with your girlfriend and you could say, hey, what's your, what, do, what do you think about this particular fantasy? What do you think about a threesome? And, you know, kind of gauge how she feels about it. There are some women out there that don't have a problem with um, when they're mm-hmm. in a committed relationship being with another person. Um, there are some people who like to swing. They they view sex as nothing more than an act. It has nothing to do with that emotional relationship that they have with the other person. And what they do with their body doesn't make a difference. Um, I, I personally, and I can only come from my own, my own belief, is that, you know, I'm kind of selfish and I don't like to share. <laughs> so I would say that since this is such a new relationship – um, 
probably not best to bring that up just yet. Um, but, you know, exactly. have a nice conversation about, you know, where you see this relationship going and, you know, be honest with her and say, you know, if you really love this girl, you should say, you know, I, I have feelings for you and I think that this could be something great. But I want to make sure that I can share all of me with you. I want to know that that you're a safe place for me to come, that if I tell you something, you're not going to take it as you should be angry or scared or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's that I trust you enough mm -hmm. to share that part of myself with you, and I want to know how you mm -hmm. feel about it. Because those are the, mm -hmm. the best relationships is where you can share yourself with them. Oh, this is totally amazing. I hope Jonathan was, you know, obviously he was listening because he did send in the question. And, and you know, I agree with you, Nicole, because, you know, I'm thinking this is a really new relationship. You don't kind of want to scare her because I'm thinking, you know, most of the time if she probably asked, what's your fantasy, maybe she was expecting something else, you know, or maybe something that could be between the both of them, right? You know, so... Or between the both, you know, between the both of them. Maybe she wasn't really considering a third party, or maybe she was. But like you said, I think that the best thing would be to be honest about it and let him know that he does care about her, and doesn't mean to disrespect her. It has nothing to do with that. But you know, he just wants to feel comfortable to to be able to share himself with her or share his true feelings and desires with her. So I think that was great advice. Really, really great advice. You see, Nicole, yeah, <laughs> maybe you know we. Get this, you know, the sex experts, you know, very soon. We'll probably get a PhD or, you know, whatever it is to support it. Not unless they get um, some better looking teachers. Yeah. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This has been an absolutely great conversation talking with you, Nicole. Um, you know, guys, you're listening, and I see you, a lot of you are listening. If you know anyone who missed this conversation, hey, get back here and listen. There's so much to learn. Um, it's been fun. It's been interesting, but it's also been very enlightening. Um, you know, this has been um, a basket of a lot of wisdom. You know, you shared so, so many amazing things. Uh, you made us laugh, and you shared your personal journey, but you've also informed us and empowered us with some great thoughts. Um, but let me ask you this. Where can people find your book? Where can they get um, sexual con uh, confessional? Well, unfortunately, being a uh, self-published author requires that mm -hmm. um, I uh, unfortunately go to the mothership, Amazon.com. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> so it is available on Amazon.com. It is available on Barnes & Noble. Most of your online um, bookstores will be mm -hmm. able to order it. Um, Bookstores can definitely go into your local bookstore and ask for it. They can absolutely um, reach out to the printer, and they will be happy to send copies. Mm -hmm. um, I do have links on my website, um, which you have mm -hmm. so graciously put on there, um, which is www.nicole-delacroix.com. Um, in addition to that, you can you can tweet to me. If you have problems finding it, I will find a way to get you a copy because that's what I like to do. Um, it's not so much about the money for me. It's more about getting my words out there and getting people comfortable with who they are and happy. And I like to share what I have to say um, and hopefully offend some people along the way and make you cringe and make you <laughs> laugh because I like to do that. And um, um, I do like to have a lot of fun. And absolutely, if somebody has questions or they want to just chit-chat, um, reach out to me on Twitter because I do love to tweet. And I love it when people talk to me on Twitter because um, I do answer back. 
I'm not one of those people where you just call me up and I don't pay any attention. Um, just remember there is a time difference. So um, I might be sleeping. So give me a little while to respond to you. Um, and I do work for a living. So, you know, I can't be on Twitter all the time. So, um, But I do, I do answer. So um, don't hesitate to reach out to me on Twitter. Um, I do have, of course, my website. You're welcome to sign up on my website for updates on anything that you would like to, to know. Um, you are welcome to send me an email through my website. Um, they do come directly to me. Um, I do have web minions that design the page, but the email comes to me and I will respond back to them as quickly as I can. Um, I think that it's, it's paramount that um, I see people as friends. I don't see them as anything mm -hmm. other than that. And, mm -hmm. and I love talking to my friends. So um, trust me, I have a really, really sad social life. So um, if, you, if you're bored, send me an email. Um, because I promise you, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> um, just don't be surprised if it if it happens to be some drunken swagger that comes back to you. Um, because, you know, I have no life. And, you know, alcohol is fun. <laughs> I'm just saying, you think yeah, I'm funny you now. Know. You should hear me when I'm drunk. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't just, you know what? I would just love to totally hang out with you and party. And we can have some drinks. By the way, what's your favorite drink? Um, you know, and it's what you everybody. What did you drink the most? People are going to die laughing, what? but I am obsessed with strawberry daiquiris. They are such a foo foo mm -hmm. drink and such a girly drink, but I love them. Um, however, if you see me in public, I won't drink them because I think they're kind of dr girly drinks, and I think people think that I should be drinking something else. Um, so I do <laughs> love. <laughs> Jack Daniels has come out with a new Honey Jack, which is super sweet oh, and really? so delicious. Yes. So if you like Jack Daniels, they have a new product called Honey Jack, and it is just the most best thing with Coca-Cola or any soda. It's super sweet, and it's just so smooth, you will love it. So it's either going to be uh, okay, daiquiris so. or whiskey. Okay, so whenever I'm popping into Georgia, I'm definitely going to be coming with my Honey Jack Daniels. <laughs> You better call me ahead of time so that I can get you at the airport because, first off, the first thing you have to do, and if anybody ever comes to Atlanta, there is this fabulous drag show that is so awesome and so fun and so hilarious. Call me, tweet me, tell me you're coming to Atlanta. I will meet you there. We will hang out and have drinks. <laughs> oh, my God. I would totally love that. I would absolutely love that. I'm sure the listeners, too. Uh, Will, but let me ask you this just before we let you go, and I know we have to let you go now. Um, any, are there any? I mean, do you have any new project on? Are you working on something? You know, what's happening? What next, really? Um, I am actually currently working on a new project. Um, it's a little bit iffy. Mm -hmm. um, with mm -hmm. with this particular book, I found this freedom and this voice that I think has been stifled for many many years. And um, I have I have started looking at things in the world, and I decided I wanted to talk about feminism, mostly because I'm not mm -hmm. a feminist. Um, mm -hmm. I prefer to be a humanist because I think man, mm -hmm. woman, child, you know, 
all of that stuff doesn't make a difference. It's a bunch of static. We're just humans, and we need to start looking at each other this way, and we need to start treating each other with respect and love. And um, so, yeah, kind of having a little bit of a go at the at the feminists at the moment. Um, and I'm I'm probably going to dabble in another fiction book, um, which is going to be again on that paranormal thing, only because I love it and I have so much fun with it. Um, but, you know, I'm open to ideas. If anybody has any really great ideas, because, um, you know, I, I usually write three or four things at a time. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, because when I'm stuck on one, I move over to the other one because that's the best way to do mm -hmm. things. Um, that's why most of my stories make no sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, Nicole. Well, it's been an amazing show. Thank you so so much for being a guest, for honoring us, and for accepting to be on the show. And you know what, Nicole? You know I want you back on the show, right? Don't you? <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, I could be on the show every day of the week because I have so much fun with you. You are so amazing and so wonderful. And truly, it has been my honor to be on the show to um, connect with your with your audience and your listeners because you're awesome. So I'm by nature, I'm going to assume that they're awesome as well. And like I said, I'm serious. <laughs> Tweet me, and I will meet you at the club. We will have a drink. And I would love for you to come back on the show. Maybe when we're having one of those group conversations, and we do have quite a number of group roundtable conversations at the show. So I definitely will want you to join some other guests, and we'll have some virtual drinks. How about that? I would absolutely love to. Anytime you just call me, give me the date, and I will be there. Thank you so much. And I, you know, I can't wait for your next project. I'm definitely going to be tweeting and trying to find out what's going on because I know that it's going to be really awesome. Thank you so much, Nicole. Thank you. Well, thank you and love you guys. Love you. Have a great day. Okay, guys. Well, it's been a really amazing conversation with my guest, Nicole. Oh, my God. We talked for so long. Like, we talked longer than I have with any, you know, probably any other guests this season. Well, except for Daniel and Stella because, we, oh, yeah, and, you know, Joan Trapper. But that's because we had, you know, more people on the show, right? But, you know, it's been a really great conversation talking about sex, social media, and secrets. And, you know, Nicole is just a pleasure to talk to. Now, guys, guess what? Um, the ABC community is going to be launching tomorrow. Yay! Yay, yay, yay. So, yes. Um, Alex's Love Community is definitely going to be open tomorrow, the membership site. Don't forget to get on there. Are you looking to get empowered, transform your life, and leave your authentic best? Now, don't forget Alex's Love Community will definitely empower you. Yes, guys, come and join great other VIPs from around the world. Uh, it's a safe hub, no bullying, no judgment platform. Um, I'm going to be empowering you with exclusive. Now, yes, I do have my main blog, but then this is part of, you know, yes, I'm, you know, this is an exclusive inner circle, um, kind of like an inner circle uh, spot to hang out on the blog. So, yes, um, it's by invitation, and you can join. You can become a VIP for just $9 a month. Exactly, just $9. And you can join our Hangout Sessions our group conference call-ins. You can be part of the e-courses. I've got great e-course, um, webinars, 
uh, live telesummit, and there's so much yes, and I have a special motivational podcast series I'm sharing with all my VIPs. So, get, you know, just get on my website right now and don't forget to sign up to become a VIP. Yes, become a VIP. Become a part of ABC, Alex's blog community, and let's get empowered, and I'm ready to help you transform your life. So, guys, it's been an amazing uh, Friday radio special. We had a great talk Wednesday and Friday radio special, and I cannot wait to come back next week on the Naked Talk with two other amazing guests on Talk Wednesday and Friday radio special. But till we come back again on the show next week, don't forget, as always, I love you for listening. Ciao. You can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 